Hello and happy Tuesday. How are we? If you're wondering, I did use Stildre to open up this episode because I was hype about the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm one of those people that doesn't give a damn about sports, but loves to tune in to see the halftime show. I feel like the Super Bowl has a history of bringing on very poppy mainstream artists, so it was definitely cool to see some hip-hop legends up there. I also loved seeing Anderson Pack on stage with Eminem. So excited about that man's come up because he's incredibly talented. I highly recommend his NPR Tiny Desk if you haven't seen. Switching gears a bit, I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know some of us had a long weekend too because of President's Day. In any event, I hope you were able to rest, recharge, and partake in whatever fills your cup. I also just want to say thank you for your patience with this episode. I definitely don't take your ears and attention for granted. And I really appreciate everyone out there that's taking the time to listen. And people have hit me up on the side to share how the topics have been resonating with them. Frankly, work and life have been super busy lately, so I haven't been able to spend as much time on this as I would like. However, I'm back and excited to keep it moving. I'm going to freestyle this episode a little bit to get us caught up. For this episode, I wanted to give you guys a little background on the whole podcast because I feel like this passion project is kind of a reset for me. And I've had some challenges balancing it all, which I'm sure at least a few of you can relate to. I'm also going to loop it back to share some final clips from my conversation with Tanya and give you an update on Movement Society's recent gym opening. Amazing news for them, and I'm excited to see how the business continues to grow. I love hearing about success stories like this from our community because it totally affirms that with enough grit, hard work, and determination, you can build something for yourself and for your community. And dare I say, you can make your dreams come true. To kick it off, I'll share what it's been like producing my own podcast, having never done anything like this before. It's been really cool to take some of my existing skills and translate it to a podcast context. I think my favorite part about it has been brainstorming ideas and then mapping out the episodes in a way that makes sense to me and is easy to digest for you. I think one of my quote unquote superpowers is communication, and it's a super fun way to take abstract ideas or windy conversations and drill down into something that's super digestible for people so they can focus on the key takeaways. Also, it's been super fun learning how to edit. When I tell you I've never done anything like this before, I legit have no experience. So from the beginning of this process to now having released a few episodes, I've already learned so much. One of the major things I'm still working through is setting up the mics properly and the tech aspect of it. Part of the reason reason it took a second for me to drop Tanya's episode was because it took me so long to edit. I really wanted to see Tanya and do her interview in person and be in the same room and be face to face, but I I did my research and I thought I set up the mics properly, um, but it turns out that I didn't. And so when I got the footage from the interview, you could hear the echo. Um, I, I had I had Tanya on a different mic and I had myself on a different mic and we were sitting pretty far apart. So I thought that you wouldn't be able to hear the other person while talking, but that didn't end up being the case. And so I literally had to go through the footage and remove this echo manually. And I was sitting there like up late at night, like Googling ways to to use Audacity to remove Echo in like one fell swoop so I wouldn't have to do it manually. And I tried all the different recommendations, but at the end of the day, like I had to go in there and and edit the Echo manually because nothing nothing else really made a difference. Um, Nothing that I found online was helping. And what that involves is literally me going through and muting my mic whenever Tanya is talking and vice versa. And just to give you some context, like the the conversation that I ended up having with Tanya was a two hour long conversation. So you can imagine how long that took me to clean up. Um, But I think main takeaway from from that piece of it was if you don't set up your mics properly, it's going to 
make editing take like literally five, six times as long as it should. So definitely a major lesson for me there. The other piece of it is funny enough, Tanya and I did take a couple shots of soju before starting, which I thought would drive a funny, more natural convo. And it did, but it made our convo very windy. Um, I actually got the idea because I was watching this show that Issa Rae does called The Sip, where she does an interview um, with all these really super talented creatives, but um, they drink wine while they have the interview. So I was like, oh, maybe that would work here. So there are two main things that I have to deal with here um, once I get the footage. Number one being there's a ton of echo and I need to deal with it somehow through editing which is kind of painstaking. And number two, the footage that I got is super long. It's like two hours long and the conversation's pretty windy. So I'm kind of expressing to my partner one day how I'm a little frustrated with how the audio turned out because it's going to make it harder for me to build an episode. And he was like, well, why don't you just ask Tanya if she'd be down to re-record? And I thought about that and I was like, "Mm." there was a part of me that was wanting to rise to the occasion of like taking this footage where I need to literally sit there and clean it up and learn how to edit it. And then secondly, take a conversation that's kind of windy and edit it and put it together in a way that makes sense and it's easy to follow. So at the end of the day, honestly, I was pretty happy with how the episode turned out with the first part. And I'm sure I'll be happy with how this episode turns out. But I think I just share all of that to kind of just highlight that this has been a process in itself and like you know passion projects take a ton of work but they're also really rewarding because I've honestly learned so much and I've only dropped a few episodes Um, and I feel like I'm leaning into a skill set but also growing that skill set and like tapping into one of my talents so I if there's a passion project that you're thinking about starting but you've been putting off for whatever reason I definitely like recommend just just starting because it's been super fun and rewarding so far and I guess another thing worth mentioning when it comes to doing passion projects I I realized that in this whole process it's important for me to have grace with myself um, just because I was starting to feel guilty and starting to kind of shame myself or not being able to drop an episode sooner um, but it was really because work was busy and life was busy and there were a ton of different things and competing priorities over the last few weeks and I've been training myself to have this thinking with working out too like it's not when it comes to consistency it shouldn't be such a huge deal when you fall off what really matters is that you when you can you just get back on the horse and you keep going um, and I think with just my goals in general and with this passion project I look at it or I try to look at it as as long as I'm taking steps forward, no matter how big or small, then that is a positive thing that I can celebrate. And I know I just gave you the full BTS and lobotomy of the making of that episode, but I was super happy to hear that, you know, a lot of you resonated with Tanya's story and were inspired by it. So I'm definitely feeling super blessed and fortunate that we were able to have Tanya on and share her story on this platform. And that is the perfect segue for us to change topics a bit and loop back to some final clips from my conversation with Tanya. As a reminder, Tanya and I have been good friends for the past year or so, and she was my trainer for roughly a year. The only reason she's not right now is I've taken a break to focus on some other things, but I honestly can't wait to get back to it. If you remember from the last episode, we left off talking about how introducing balance to her life made her happier and more effective overall. 
in these next few bites, we're talking about how she took that approach of balance and how she applied it going forward. Specifically, here we're talking about how she reset her intentions, let go of having control, her self-limiting beliefs, and leaning into gratitude. I think like one of my biggest things was like learning to set an intention for myself and the things that I do. I think sometimes I just get so caught up in just doing, 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 yep. and just like needing the time to pass, getting through it versus like working presently. Like I just came to this idea or this like fact where like, why do something if you're not going to give it your all? Mm-hmm. Why do something if you don't love it? Right. That's a waste of time. Right. And like, I think another thing the podcast Rob, Rob Dow said is that like we spend, it's a high number again. And I want to say something around like 80% of our time in our heads, thinking about things that don't even happen. Wow. I was like, that is me. Yep. My, my anxiety, anxiety is fear of the future. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm a highly anxious person, or I would say I definitely was, right? Yep. And it's because I was always trying to control things that were currently, were not happening and will never happen. These, playing out these scenarios in my mind that like, was so out of touch. Yeah, I know that so well. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sure a lot of people would know yeah, that so well. Yeah, I know? feel that so hard. But I think like in listening to him speak like and like kind of lay out these numbers, you know, and like share these like insights, I was like, wow, like one, I know I'm not alone. And two, like, that's crazy. You're telling me I spent 80% of my time thinking about things that literally have no relevance to my life when I can be thinking about things that actually matter to me and things that are currently happening. And like he, he was saying that like people always say I'm an overthinker. Right. And he was like, that, that doesn't, that's not possible. Our mind is made to think there's no such thing as overthinking. Mm. We're just hyper-focused on the wrong things, the wrong things, the negative things, the negative self-talk, the self-limiting beliefs. What have we spent that time overthinking on the great, on the good things, the positive things, the, the things that give us opportunity. Right. And in, instead of being things as your tasks, as things you have to do, it's things you get to do things. I have the opportunity to do and work on and work on, you know, and and it, it started to shift my mind about like, about how I was just approaching life and like the things I was scared to do, like go back into a dance setting, mm. um, um, reach out to certain clients I want to work on, or sorry, not work on, but work with. Yep. Modeling was something I wanted to try, you know? And like, and it, I just think about like, if, if I don't try, if I don't say anything, no one will ever know. I had that thought recently when I was doing the, the episode, or maybe it was, was it last episode or maybe two episodes ago? I was kind of talking through how like I I knew what my future would look like if I did nothing, if I just like stayed where I was, but I had no idea what would happen if I actually like tried to bet on myself and tried to do something different. And it's it's crazy how like we just get in our own way. And also you could have like an army of friends that like love you and support you and think you can literally do anything, but you like literally don't believe them. You don't believe them. You don't believe yourself. Right. It's like you don't believe them because we get caught in these like negative self-talk cycles and it's completely self-limiting when, you know, in reality, like I, I've never done a podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing, but like, I I think I have like good ideas to share and I want to highlight the stories of other people. But it's like, I haven't even really gotten over that hump of like, oh, can I do this? But it's kind of like maybe for me, it's kind of like you hear the negative self-talk but it's a decision to ignore it and do it anyway. Yeah. 
you know because like I think that negative self-talk is always going to be there but it's like how much do you feed into it how much do you entertain the thought because another thing that I would talk about with my therapist is like sometimes thoughts are just they visit and you let them leave they don't need to stay you know, you don't need, right. And it's not that like the feelings or the thoughts are invalid, but it, it kind of begs the question of like, how much time do I spend on this thought that isn't helping me? You know, like the overthinking, factor. the overthinking factor, but overthinking in a negative way. I've honestly, that's really awesome. Cause I've never heard it put it put that way. Never thought of it that way too. Like the overthinking aspect when it's like, you know, we're built to think, but like, it depends what we're focusing on, you know? We're faced with an, an unknown all the time. Why, why do we why do we make the unknown bigger than it is? Right. You know? Instead uh, of being present. Being present. So, yeah. Because yeah. all you control can control is right now. So that is actually, that's helped me a lot with like imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was your original question. No, and, that was my original yeah. question. It's a, being present, doing, investing in things that I truly love outside of my career, like dancing, spending a lot of time with Roy, spending a lot of time with my dogs. So balance. So maybe the, just trying to connect the dots, maybe the trick to solving some of the imposter syndrome that we have is to not put all of our eggs in that basket. It's to stop, exactly, it's to stop. Obsessing over it. Obsessing over it and attaching your worth to your career. Right. Right, as humans, like, there are so many layers to us. We are not just one thing. There's an Instagram account, I think it's called Visualize Value. And they do like a play on like different like images. And I, I saw this, I'm gonna explain this really poorly. <laughs> but it had a side by side of like a circle. And then next to it was a spiral. The image is trying to like make a point where sometimes we think we're going in circles, but in actuality we're ascending. And I feel like that's, that's definitely what I see hearing your story because I I've only been in Tanya's life for like maybe like the last year and a half. It really hasn't been that long, you know? And I think that, you know, we look at the people that are in our community or like people that we look up to and like, we only really see what they're posting on their Instagram, which is a highlight reel. We're not posting our failures and our dead ends and like the things that like we really struggle with day to day, but like, it's really awesome to hear your story and how you've kind of like bopped around a little bit earlier on and like it took you a second to figure out like what your calling is and I'm just like imagining that that circle or that spiral where you're ascending you know like a true spiral I would say but like an upward spiral you know not a bad spiral here we're chatting through how she feels today after all she's been through and it's all said and done I think for once I can say I'm really happy I'm, I'm really happy like I feel like I'm happy because I have control of my life. And balance. And balance, I'm, I'm clear-headed. I, I see things the way I actually see it and not how I think I need to see it. Mm. I'm working, work is great, right? But at the same time, like, that's like, that's there. But what I'm really happy about is like, my weekends are free. Yep. I get to have the time I need with like, Roy, my family, I'm closer to my family yep. than I was before because I, I have more time for them and I'm dancing more. Like I, I truly use dance now as an outlet, as a space for me. Mm. I'm also in this headspace where I'm not really comparing myself to other people when I dance either because like, dude, I'm just enjoying dance again for what it is. You know, I think if we, we spend too much time letting our 
our mistakes or fear of mistakes define us, then we'll literally just be paralyzed and not do anything. So I, I just really appreciate your story because it really is like the practice of doing and doing and doing. And it's hard and you have setbacks, but you kept doing the thing, you know, and it, it looks different like for different periods of your life. But, you know, you, you kept going and had your setbacks, but it seems like you're in a, a really awesome place. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, Sometimes you just have to keep doing, right? Whatever that might mean to you, because at the end of the day, like, true failure is the second you quit. Lastly, Tanya and I ended our conversation with the hard work that's required to follow your passions and to build a business, but also how rewarding it can be. She also gives us the scoop on Movement Society's new gym in the Arts District here in L.A., which just opened and they're starting to take clients out of. So super big congrats to them. We meandered a lot with this conversation, but I love how organic it was. Oh, it literally stems from, so tell me your history. Right. Where do I right. start? Like, where do I start? I like literally wanted to do like seven different things before I arrived to personal training. And like even my journey within personal training has been up and down. So I, I think like for the listeners out there, that's another point that I want to drive home is that with the podcast, I don't mean to romanticize this idea of like following your passions because I definitely have a lot of friends that freelance are in business for themselves and are quote unquote following their passions. And it is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. I think it sounds nice. And we like, you know, we talk about like, oh, follow your dreams, this and that and the other. Like I am not at all trying to, to dumb down or discredit like how hard it really is, you know? Um, so definitely, hopefully that that's one of the takeaways here too, that like Tanya has like really built an amazing career in such a short amount of time. And like, I'm always like blown away by how young she is. You know, she's 27 now. I'm like, dang, you only been a trainer for three years, you know? And like, she's like very well respected in this community and like doing something really great with Moving Society and like shout out to Carl and everyone. But you know, it's, it's definitely not easy and it comes with your, your own unique scars too. <laughs> totally. Um, but you know, sounds like it's worth it, you know? If it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it. Right. Right. And you, you know that. I do. I do. <laughs> um, shit's going to be hard. And like for anyone that's listening, life is hard. It's just hard. Life is hard. But at the end of the day, you take what you can out of it and you make what you can. Out right. Of it. And how do we make it worthwhile? Right. Because no matter what, it's going to be hard. I saw this thing on Instagram today. I need to read more because I feel like a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I saw this thing on Instagram or like, oh, I saw this tweet. See what I mean? What Reading is- was right. I need to like get off Instagram. But I saw this thing where it was like, you know, life's hard. Yeah, sure. Life's hard if you like get up and work out every day. But also life is hard if you don't get up every day because you have like all these health issues. And it's kind of like choose your choose your heart because it's gonna be hard either way you know like life is just like a very up and down thing it was hard to get up every day and like work super hard like work like 50 60 hours a week and like do something that I didn't really want to do and it was like completely draining and like you know I have another job which I'm super excited about and I'm spending time like exploring a podcast and like I don't know maybe it'll get faster as I go and I get better at it but like editing takes me a while like I don't really know what I'm doing so it's like it's it's really fun and I love the process but I'm like spending several hours a week doing this and spending several hours a week like making like random promos for Instagram and yada yada what have you but like it's just like either way I'm working on something it might as well be something that's like lighting me up right Uh, yes 
it takes hard work and I will just say that yeah and you you to sum it all up <laughs> to sum it all life is hard and hard hard work is needed right no matter what you do yeah so do what, so do what you fucking love just to to wrap it up anything you want to share or plug here so as I had said, I co-own a business called Movement Society with um, two other partners, Stephen Ferreira and um, Carl Flores, and we are opening up our own strength and conditioning gym facility in downtown LA um, Arts District, and it is dedicated to the performing arts as our main mission is to bridge the gap between the performing arts and athleticism. So... We aim to be the hub, the epicenter for dancers to come get their training, rehab if necessary, just all the care that you need to really basically be prepared for the demands of dance, whether you are an artist, um, whether you are a dancer, a choreographer, a teacher, but not limited to just those, but those that surround the industry as well, photographer, videographers, uh, creatives. And you know, that's why it's so special to be in downtown LA Arts District where it's the home of art, you know? And um, we just really want to revolutionize this, this industry and bring more, in my opinion, bring more color to the industry, right? And create a space where people feel comfortable and feel like they have a place to develop themselves into stronger human beings so that at the end of the day they can do what they love for as long as they can, whether it's your passion or career. Um, yeah, movement is medicine and movement just truly helps unlock the human potential and with that requires training and we're here to be able to provide that and bridge that gap for everyone. We have so much planned, more than just a gym, everyone. So hang tight, buckle up, 2022 about to be a ride. <laughs> Tanya and I met up to record a few weeks ago, but Movement Society has all moved into their new gym and taking clients from the new spot. I'm so excited to see where you guys go next and how you flourish in your new gym. Again, huge congrats to you guys, and I hope you're really able to enjoy this moment because it's so well-deserved. I can't underscore enough how awesome they are to work with and how much I recommend them, so please check them out on all the socials, check out their new spot, and get yourself a personal training session with one of their trainers. So last but not least, I'm going to run through a segment of Hyped and Heated to end this week's episode. That said, I'm going to hit the heated piece first just because I don't like ending the show on a bummer. So what got me heated? Um, This is pretty difficult to talk about, but I was really devastated to hear about the killing of Christina Unilee in New York last week. She was beloved, was called bubbly, curious, creative, and confident by her friends and colleagues. Um, She was a producer at this music digital platform called Splice. Colleagues on social media have also remembered her for her thoughtfulness and her desire to create a more accepting and inclusive music industry. Honestly, I was reading online and there have been so many beautiful things that have been said about her and it's really hard to sum it up in just a few sentences. She was killed by a man that had followed her into her building, unbeknownst to her. And I'm not here to speculate on what the motives were. I guess I'm just sharing this as a reminder that we're here on borrowed time and it can end at any time. So we must live well while we're here. Please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Make sure your friends are getting into their cars and getting home okay. And to end on a lighter and brighter note, I want to talk about something that really got me hype. Last night at Culture Shock Rehearsal, we had the amazing Arnal Calvario come in to teach his Roots Before Branches workshop, which is essentially a course he teaches to remind us of the history of hip-hop and street styles. 
Dance has evolved so much over the years and has become extremely commercialized with the rise of social media nowadays. So it's really cool to hear him speak on these topics and to remind us all where it all comes from. How many styles were formed so that oppressed communities could express themselves, own their voice, and take up space. There were so many takeaways, but here's just a few. Number one was a friendly reminder that so many of these art forms that we dance originate from black and brown communities. And because we borrow from those communities every time we dance them, we should also be giving back to those communities on a continual basis. Number two, it's not all about social media reach and money when it comes to outreach and community. Much of the time, most of the impact we'll have is through our direct community and through direct meaningful conversations. And lastly, this was something that I found super interesting. He really stressed to us that we need to get out of the habit of calling certain dance styles, styles, and they should be called art forms. Because if you think about whacking and hip hop and popping and locking and animation, we tend to call those things styles when in reality they're art forms. But if you think about ballet, we've always called that an art form. And I feel like when it comes to those more classical styles like ballet and modern, they tend to get more respect and be taken more seriously because they've always been considered quote unquote art forms. So I thought that was super interesting, something that I'm going to try to practice. Um, admittedly, I, I definitely said styles a few times in, in this bite of sound right now, but definitely something that I'm going to try to change and incorporate into my language. This is probably my fifth time taking this class and it's different every time because I'm different and so is Arnell. If you don't know Arnell, he's the founder of a dance crew called Kaba Modern, the president of Culture Shock International. Yes, we're an international organization. And he's an occupational therapist. He's a literal pillar of the SoCal dance community who does not just talk the talk, but walks it, continues to learn and grow and do his research and shares that information with his community on a regular basis, which is so beautiful and inspiring. He's also a great example of how much you can accomplish when you're truly passionate and on a mission. And that's all for this installment of The Reset. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I don't take for granted your ears and attention, and I super appreciate all of you. Take care of yourself and the ones you love. Until next time, this is Laura DeLuna, and you're listening to The Reset. Y'all niggas got me hot! If you know this shit, sing along. Niggas got me hot! Exactly what the nigga came for. You taking shots from afar, I'ma meet you at your front door. Huh? So hard to be doing what you really meant for beauty. But don't I make it look easy? Don't I make it look good? 